Welcome to the Light Warrior Network with me, Dr. Karen Can. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. And why? So that you can shine your light and love to everyone else in the world. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And uh, today we have a show here. Now this is pre-recorded for all those listening in uh, live, but uh, pre-recorded. Uh, because of the new year. So welcome to 2018, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> and with me is Dr. Dennis Loebstein, who we're going to talk about uh, LifeWave patch protocols for dealing with uh, overindulgence uh, over the holidays. For example, you know, um, uh, we haven't done a show on how to deal with the hangover. <laughs> so we thought, well, why might as well put that in there uh, because it's, you know, the whole new year thing. So why not? I mean, we've done so many shows over the last several years about all sorts of different topics from neurology issues to like digestive issues to joint issues to neck pain to fertility to uh, libido, colds, immune system, all sorts of things. So if you're new to the show and you haven't listened to the first Monday of the month shows uh, with Dr. Dennis and I talking about the LifeWave um, products and patches and how you can kind of do your own uh, acupressure and, and um, your own activate your own healing system using the LifeWave products, you might want to check out our archives at patchtrainingteam.com forward slash LifeWave Radio. That's, that's just all one word, LifeWave, L-I-F-E, uh, W-A-V-E Radio. And you'll see all the archives of the shows, including this one, uh, when when uh, we're all set with it. So, Dr. Dennis, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Dr. Karen. Uh, pleased to be here with you. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, th- I thought that was a great idea you had to share with us some uh, protocols for when we're maybe not as disciplined as far as our, you know, our diet or drinking too much, what we can do to kind of help ourselves recover quickly. So, can you tell us some background about this? Right. Well, I um, I used to live in in New Mexico, and um, I not only was a professor at the University of New Mexico, but um, also worked as a medic uh, and on Albuquerque ambulance. And we used to pick up people that were like totally hungover and and uh, stoned and. Uh, there are a lot of uh, people under stress. Uh, their their native cultures got trampled on and interfered with by uh, two other cultures. Uh, I'm talking about Native Americans, and they got tread on by Hispanics, and and both got tread on by Caucasians. And anyway, they they had perceived reasons to be stressed out, and so they got disconnected from their native ceremonies and cultures and the kids got separated from from the the, uh, elder folks whom the federal government put in housing and separated them from the kids and the kids grew up without the guidance of their traditions. So long story short, the kids would... uh, use drugs and drink and and would uh, find them with a lot of hangovers and get a lot of calls for that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we had lots of reports of uh, people passed out on the sides of the roads in rural areas and so on. But it's not just in, in New Mexico and not just uh, because of the cultural situation. Uh, there are also a lot of people out here in L.A. who uh, get totally carried away at parties and overindulge and and uh, drink a lot. And so... Um, I, I thought we'd focus on what the uh, hangover looks like, especially for New Year's Day, uh, from the perspective of Western physiology, from the perspective of uh, Asian medical physiology, and, and then that'll give us a background to understand why select the points that we're going to patch and how different patches can affect those points and mitigate or relieve the effects of the hangover. Sounds good. Yeah, and and it can also apply to jet lag and being stoned. So it's not just alcohol that's a a big problem with the next day hangover, but um, basically we can get toxic from a lot of different sources. But um, since I was going to focus on alcohol, I just want to break that down a bit. So looking at it from, uh, from the Western physiological perspective, The kind of alcohol we drink is um, ethanol that's been fermented. And in the fermentation process, there are substances called congeners in the alcohol. And some examples of the congeners include acetaldehyde, which, by the way, is a a breakdown product of ethanol in the body as well. But it's also coming from the fermentation process. We also have acetones and aldehydes and esters and tannins and um, there's a whole pattern of these that leave a fingerprint depending on what kind of drink it is. So when toxicologists are examining tissue alcohol or blood alcohol levels, they use this pattern of concentration of congeners to tell what kind of alcohol a person drank. Mm. So they're in different proportions depending on what you're drinking. But what they do is cause vasodilation and uh, that puts pressure on nerve endings, especially in the nerve endings on the meninges or the uh, the tissue covering the brain, there are lots of nerve endings in there. And, and most headaches are caused by pressure from vasodilation put on those sensory nerve endings in the meninges. And there's also uh, other changes. So when, when the, um, the ethanol gets uh, metabolized and the the metabolism looks like the following. We've got ethanol exposed to alcohol dehydrogenase. That's an enzyme that breaks it down into acetaldehyde and that is further broken down into acetic acid. So the acetic acid causes increased pain sensitivity 
or hyperexcitability. Uh, the acetaldehyde itself can cause a flush reaction, and that happens to be called an Asian flush, but not everybody huh. experiences that. <laughs> and, uh, let's see, there's other effects, too, of the, the alcohol are dehydration and uh, metabolic acidosis. And um, there's a change in the immune system and also in our glucose metabolism. And those changes result in inflammation. And as we've discussed in previous shows, inflammation is an underlying cause of many degenerative diseases and create blockages. So we'll talk about the effects of the blockages uh, in a few minutes. But inflammation is one of the causes, the major one. And that's from the uh, irritation of the, on the tissues, swelling. Uh, there are also changes in prostaglandins that contribute to that inflammation and in uh, cytokines. And uh, so there are a whole host of chemical things going on that influence the feeling of a hangover. Mm. And... Uh, and that includes uh, changes in glucose, like uh, if we're overindulging and eating too much, um, especially sugary stuff, simple carbs, then uh, we can mess with um, our insulin uh, balance and the, uh, the sugar is an irritant that contributes to the inflammation and uh, We'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but uh, from a TCM perspective, the spleen does not like excess sweet. So, right. So that, that excess sweet contributes to inflammation uh, from the perspective of a TCM by interfering with the spleen chi. And uh, as, as you mentioned before, that creates damp. So, and fried foods too, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Fat because of fat. So spleen does not like sweet. It does not does not like fat, and it does not like cold. And so ice cream is one of the prime indulgences that interferes with the spleen chi, and that results in accumulation of damp because mm. the role of spleen is to to get rid of damp and to to um, process too much water in the body or damp. So it's not just water. We're talking about fluids as well. Well, I I just want to ask you about the fat for a second, uh, Dr. Dennis, because a lot of people are having great um, results in diabetes, chronic pain. Uh, They're even trying it for cancer now with the ketogenic diet, which is very high fat, moderate protein, low carb. Um, So, how can we get a decrease of inflammation using that diet when there's so much fat involved? Well, there are a large number of different kinds of fats that some of which contribute to healthy physiology, like increased um, catabolism or breaking down of the fat and some of it increases to more, uh, stimulates more inflammation. 
and uh, the wrong kinds of prostaglandins. And um, mm. so it depends on what kind of fat it is. If uh, it's a commercial, say, French fry or fatty food, it's likely to have the wrong kinds of fats in it, including right. trans fats that are going to contribute to the inflammation. But if uh, there are fats from oils such as olive oil or avocado oil or walnut oil, they're going to be higher in omega-3s and there will be different pathways for breaking them down and they, they won't have disruptive inflammatory side effects. In fact, they might even decrease inflammation. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, and, uh, and and as a a side effect of frying uh, foods, we get acrylamide, and acrylamides are potentially carcinogenic and and stimulate inflammatory processes, and they're not good. So it's it's really not good to indulge in too many fried foods in general. Right. I always get these, uh, not always, but if I eat one too many fried foods, I'll like get these painful red spots on my tongue. Yeah. That's one of my signs, excess like damp or heat actually in that case. What part of the tongue are they on? Mm, sometimes the sides, sometimes the tip. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if I eat too much fried foods, I'll know. <laughs> right. Well, the, the the tip is um, reflecting what the heart's doing, the heart meridian, and the sides of the tongue are more of the spleen. In fact, when the, the spleen isn't processing damp properly and you get uh, more edema in the tongue, you get these tooth marks on the side of the tongue. Yeah, I have that chronically, I think. It's a little better right. from time to time, but I have a tendency to have damp. So I use those spleen points a lot when I patch. Right. And so those teeth marks are indicative of uh, spleen chi deficiency and, and um, the spleen chi deficiency could be chronic condition as you're alluding to, or it could be an acute condition resulting from really fatty foods or, or uh, foods that cause the body to collect uh, fluids. Mm-hmm or inflammation. So uh, as a result of all, all this, uh, these toxins in the alcohol and in, as byproducts of overindulgence, like processing glucose, uh, we, we get symptoms like headaches and drowsiness and fatigue and brain fog and dry mouth and feeling dizzy and and uh, having lower concentration and GI distress and there could be sweating and feelings of depression and anxiety and also some nausea and vomiting. So any one or combination of those could be a pattern of a hangover. And if you look at that pattern from the perspective of traditional Chinese medicine, we're looking at liver chi stagnation and yang rising, which can contribute to headaches and blockages in the Xiaoyang channel, and also high blood pressure. 
And also we're looking at uh, damp heat toxicity or toxic heat from damp uh, and, uh, or, or toxic heat that is associated with damp uh, because the spleen's not functioning right, as we talked about. And also um, blood pooling or not moving properly, which is uh, causing blood stasis or stagnation, and that can create blockages and contribute to the inflammation. And uh, the, the liver regulates the, uh, the direction of the flow of blood and where blood channels to around the body. So if the liver chi is stagnant, we're going to get some blood stasis as a side effect of that. And there's also addiction involved mm. because the, the endorphins respond to the alcohol. And I discovered this when I was working on my research for my dissertation for my uh, PhD at Purdue. I was interested in how exercise affects endorphins. And endorphins are endogenous opiates or opioids that the brain makes itself. And the limbic part of the brain, the part of the brain responsible for emotionality, and and beneath the limbic brain, the um, hypothalamus and, and the pituitary, which secretes hormones or endocrine hormones that regulate a lot of processes in the body are under the regulation of the endogenous opioids to some degree. And that's that whole opioid system is superimposed on by the endocannabinoid system as well. So uh, if we overindulge in cannabis and get stoned, we're, we're accessing that system as well. Hmm. And that opioid system in the limbic brain is what I call the satisfaction and reward system. And other people call that that too. But I was interested in how endorphins being affected by exercise have their influence on the brain's satisfaction and reward system. And I discovered, I had, well, first I had a hypothesis that people got addicted to exercise because of the endorphin system and because exercise is a stress it increases endorphins and and that makes one feel more satisfied and happy when exercising and euphoric like the exercise euphoria one feels when working out and one can get addicted to it because it takes more and more exercise to, to increase endorphins to get the same hit or effect. And one goes through withdrawal symptoms, which are the opposite of euphoria when not exercising. Mm-hmm. Well, we get the same kinds of effects when exposed to drugs like alcohol and, excuse me a minute, somebody's texting me and I have to check it. Sorry. (laughs) It's my sister. I just want to make sure she's okay. All right. So, um, alcohol, it turns out, we get addicted to. And chronic alcoholics, just like 
people that chronically use exercise mm. have lower endorphin levels. Now, with exercise, that's the opposite of what I hypothesized. I thought people that exercise would have higher resting endorphin levels, but it turns out that they're lower when they're not mm. exercising. And so it, I, I went back to the literature and, and, on addiction to try to figure out why, and I discovered that alcoholics have lower endorphin levels when they're at rest or when they're not drinking or not subject to the stress of the, of the alcohol or the drinking. Right, Their right. Levels are lower. And the same thing with heroin addicts. They simulate a higher endorphin level when they're shooting up. But when they're not exposed to the heroin, their circulating, resting, fasting, early morning endorphin levels are actually lower. So there's some kind of addiction mechanism involved with the endorphins where people that subject themselves to stress, either of exercise or of alcohol or other kinds of drugs, including cigarette smoking or even overindulgence in food, actually have lower endorphin levels when they're at rest and not getting their hit. How do you know that it's, are you saying it's caused by the stress of those things or that they naturally have lower endorphin levels and therefore they get addicted in order to be normal, to feel normal? Yeah, the latter. They get addicted and need a stronger hit in order to feel satisfied or quote-unquote normal. Mm. And so they, subje- they have to subject themselves to the hit of whatever rushes their endorphin system to get an endorphin high in order to feel quote-unquote normal. Wow. And people that exercise really get carried away with that overindulgence. <laughs> you, you're probably somewhat familiar with that. And people that, overzealous, that are overzealous about their skating protocol and so on. Well, you know, I don't have a lot of high-level skaters here, but I do know some friends. I can, I can definitely, you know, adult skating friends that uh, definitely have uh, had problems where, you know, they have to skate every day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they don't feel good. They start to get stiff or they start to not be able to, you know, skate as well. And it seems like they're pushing themselves uh, or somebody that has to run. Otherwise, they get depressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's a problem, and it, it kind of drains their adrenals, too, and it, I definitely tell you it's not very popular, the advice that they need to change their habits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they don't like changing because they know they're not going to get their hit. And, right. And so uh, they're, part of the hangover could be caused by a withdrawal symptom from not getting the hit. Mm-hmm. And and a backlash from the hit, like what goes up has to come down. And part of it is because, like in the case of alcohol, we have these congeners that are having all these side effects that I described. And the, the breakdown of the alcohol, uh, increasing the acetaldehyde levels, uh, causes a lot of these symptoms. So we're dealing both with the effects of the toxicity and the effects of the withdrawal. Right. Okay. And so from, from a TCM perspective, as I was uh, mentioning, 
the, the liver is very challenged to get rid of toxins and it can get stagnant when it's hit too much or when it, the, the toxins are overwhelming. In fact, one of the major causes of liver cheese stagnation are even uh, over-the-counter drugs like non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs and prescription drugs like the statins. Uh, they overwhelm liver metabolism and cause liver cheese stagnation and, um, and result in a lot of the same symptoms. And that includes, uh, like, uh, acetaminophen, which uh, here in America, the brand name is Tylenol. That's right. That's right. So, mm -hmm. so ironically, when you take a Tylenol or acetaminophen to mitigate uh, pain or to get rid of the, the pain, it'll block the, the signal for the pain, and it doesn't get rid of the cause of the pain, which in Chinese medicine is a blockage or inflammation. Uh, it will, in, in turn, cause long-term liver cheese stagnation that will result in even more pain. Right, right. So that's not a good approach. If you understand the energetic dynamics in Chinese medicine, how it affects liver cheese. Uh, and that's also because the liver cheese stagnation affects the spleen. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's called wood attacking earth. If you look at the five elements cycle, the wood is a grandmother for earth and the grandmother attacks the grandchild when it's out of whack or out of balance or if it's too stagnant. And so the liver cheese stagnation will cause the liver to attack the spleen because the spleen's in earth and the liver's in wood. And so when we're looking at that dynamic, we're looking at how the spleen chi becomes weak and can't do its job when it's attacked by the liver too much. And so that means that the spleen cannot get rid of damp and we result in accumulation of fluids and inflammation and that contributes to more pain. But the spleen's role is also to keep blood in its vessels and if the spleen chi is weak, there's more of a risk of having what's called reckless blood in Chinese medicine, and that means it it jumps out of the vessels. And when that happens in the brain, you got a stroke. And when it yeah. happens in the heart, you got a heart attack. And so this is serious business to uh, to look at liver cheese stagnation, because ultimately we're looking at increasing the risk of blood pressure and stroke and heart attack and and so on. So, uh, in order to get rid of liver cheese stagnation, we use liver three. Because mm -hmm. liver three, as you know, Dr. Karen, will dissipate stagnant liver cheese. I love liver three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. It's an awesome point. In fact, I got a set of isolate patches uh, on my wood right now with um, the the tan ice wave patch on my left liver three and the white ice wave patch on my right gallbladder 41, which is the um, the master point for the belt channel. And the belt channel can access all the ascending and descending meridians around the waist 
it's the only horizontal channel we have and because it's got such widespread influence and it's part of wood because gallbladder is the yang phase of the wood element where liver is the yin we have a yin yang pair with ice wave patches on it by using liver three and gallbladder 41. So, so that, that would be good for that combination would be good for hangers, hangovers? Yeah, yes, it would. Mm. It would be good for hangovers because it, it dissipates the liver chi stagnation and it also regulates blood flow. And so it will mitigate the, uh, the pressure of the blood uh, and move it away from the vasodilation state with pressure on the nerve endings and the meninges and uh quiet that down a bit mm-hmm. okay I, you know i always thought that the headache from a hangover was uh-huh. due to dehydration and the brain shrinking but i don't know where i heard that from by biochemistry class or something oh that's one of the components i mentioned dehydration earlier i just didn't get into the brain shrink part of it Oh, okay, because we, we mentioned before about expansion causing the blood vessels expanding, causing pain, and I was talking about shrinking, causing pain. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true too. De- dehydration, well, there are three compartments where we have fluid. There's intracellular fluid inside the cells and uh, interstitial fluid, which is fluid outside the cells, and then the lymph and the blood, which... Uh, is flowing fluid that's carried all over the body. So we get rid of toxins and keep them from accumulating by having a healthy circulation of lymph and and blood that go into areas where there's inflammation or where fluid's accumulating mm-hmm. and getting rid of the toxins. So if you're not getting rid of those toxins, you're circulating the outer fluid, like the lymph and the blood, very well, then you'll have an accumulation of toxins and also uh, fluid, and that causes other areas to be dehydrated when you're not circulating fluid very well. And while the LifeWave patches in general will increase the hydration of the intracellular space, the alcohol will cause dehydration. And that's because if you've got alcohol in the blood, due to osmosis, the fluid's going to leave the intracellular space, the space inside the cells, to attempt to dilute the uh, fluid that has more particles in it that the osmosis can sense needs to be equalized fluid-wise. So the fluid's mm-hmm. going to go from the inside of the cells to the outside of the cells, and that happens in the brain as well, and that's going to dehydrate, dehydrate the cells in the brain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So dehydration is definitely a part of it, and the, the patches when you wear them resolve dehydration, but drinking fluids will do that too, and that's important to drink fluids when you're wearing patches because it makes the patches work better too. Yeah. Cool. 
Uh, I also heard from my biochemistry professor, who she was, of course, talking to us, uh, you know, college people. I wasn't one of those that liked to drink a lot, but because um, I get that Asian flush thing and, like, what's the point? I just get sleepy. <laughs> but uh, my colleagues definitely were drinking a lot. Uh, she was talking about how if you drink excessively on a regular basis, that um, they're your brain membranes get more fluid and don't have as much structure. So what happens is the body will decrease the amount of cholesterol that's in your cell membranes to balance that uh, so that it doesn't get too fluid. But then if you stop drinking, wait, what was the other way? No, 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 sorry, the other way around. I think increase, sorry, increase cholesterol, uh, you know, in the membrane to hold it together. But then when you stop drinking and you kind of withdraw, and then what happens is like your your cells get like hard because there's too much cholesterol in there now because <laughs> yeah. they were used to being too fluid. I think I got that right anyway, something like that. She was telling us, and that was really fascinating. Yeah, well, this process I mentioned earlier of the ethanol breaking down into acetaldehyde, uh, the acetaldehyde also causes imbalances of uh, lipid um, metabolism. And uh, what you described with the cholesterol is part of that. And so is increasing triglyceride levels and, and amino acid synthesis. And, and it decreases the, uh, the amphibolic pathway called the TCA cycle. And uh, that the TCA cycle is important for generating energy, like reduced equivalents of NAD to NADH. <clears throat> and uh, you need, our bodies need the NADH to make ATPs with in the um, electron transport chain that's coupled with oxidative phosphorylation and, and uh, those pathways are hooked into the TCA cycle and so uh, the, the acetaldehyde from the drinking can interfere with making energy as well mm. and uh, we know that the energy enhancer patches boost oxidative catabolism or using oxygen to burn fat and uh, in that respect can help balance or correct that pathway. And uh, the acetaldehyde also uh, disturbs cortisol levels and will increase them. And we can use the eon patches to balance cortisol levels. And uh, it will interfere with fibrinogenesis and the eon patches can help balance that. And uh, it also interferes with uh, glutathione synthesis. Right, right. So we we have oxidative stress going on here that because glutathione is interfered with and lowered from the oxidative stress of the alcohol uh, will cause the alcohol to contribute to more cell death from oxidative stress. So, peop, you know, we hear about how you kill brain cells when you drink too much. Well, that's because yeah. of state of stress. Okay. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, my mom used to always, well, she still says that everything in moderation. So are there benefits to drinking alcohol in moderation if you're not sensitive to it? In moderation? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, because uh, there are a lot of studies that show that 
drinking red wine, for example, in moderation, like maybe one shot a night or something like that, uh, because it's got bioflavonoids in it, which are antioxidants, can help lower blood fats. So, hmm. yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. If you overindulge, then you wreck up the system. But if you do it in moderation, then it could be beneficial. Right. Is that true for, uh, you know, brandy or, you know, vodka or whatever? I mean, I was worried because I think some of the alcohol was made with GMO, um, genetically modified, you know, plants. So just curious yeah. what your perspective on hard liquor was. Right, especially if you're dealing with alcohol that's fermented from grain because grain is often GMO, especially corn. And 90% of all the corn in the U.S. is uh, GMO. And uh, the grains also have glyphosates in them from uh, Monsanto Roundup. Mm. So uh, the, the glyphosates are another um, entity that increase inflammation and blockages and create pain and disruptions of uh, metabolism. So, yeah, you want to be careful about the source of the alcohol because the, the grain that it's made with makes a difference. So those, uh, those things like glyphosate that I just mentioned and the, uh, the GMO fractions like the, the BT pesticides in the, in the corn contribute to the congener pattern in the alcohol when we're looking mm. at grain alcohol. Interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. Wow. So, so we'll have to maybe look up GMO-free whatever alcohol. Right. Yeah, no. most people don't think of that when they go for their alcohol. No, no. The labels or the ingredients or, or see what the alcohol was fermented from. But that turns out to be pretty important. Wow. Okay. Thanks for that. Yeah. And in fact, uh, since I mentioned glyphosate, uh, glyphosate toxicity is often uh, mistaken for uh, the um, um, oh, geez, I'm spacing it right now. Wheat gluten. It, it's mistaken for wheat gluten. So. Um, all these effects we, we hear about with uh, weak gluten toxicity, yeah, uh, those are mostly the result of glyphosate toxicity, not weak gluten. Mm. So, um, Interesting. If you know people that have uh, weak gluten toxicity, it's, I would rule out what they're, the source of what they're eating and make sure they're not getting too much glyphosate. The glyphosate permeates almost everything, even grass, because people uh, spray Roundup on their dandelions, uh, and so they've got residual glyphosate even in their lawns, and they, they walk over it, and then they track it in their house, and it gets into everything. And uh, dandelions are really potent Chinese herb. I wouldn't be killing them with pesticides. I would be harvesting them and keeping their roots because um, dandelion roots make a really good uh, tea that gets rid of liver cheese stagnation. And um, 
one component of uh, some forms of cancer result in liver cheese stagnation. And uh, dandelion root tea is known in Chinese medicine to get rid of what we would call cancer in the West. So it's, I hope the FDA doesn't hear this because they'll ban dandelion root tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, yeah, so I'll have to uh, share some of that information. Um, so we have some, not a lot of time left. So uh, do you want to make sure we cover the protocols? Uh, you yeah. mentioned one, which was the uh, ice wave tan on left liver three and right gallbladder 41. Right. Yeah. So um, that's one possibility to have a yin yang pair in, in wood. <clears throat> There's also a really powerful protocol called the four gates and that's using large intestine four with liver three mm, i love that so the four gates actually come from two liver three points and two large intestine four points mm -hmm. but we can modify it with the patches if if we only want to use one pair of ice wave or energy enhancer patches or even an eon patch with an sp6 patch We'd put the positive patch on the right large intestine four and the negative patch on left liver three, and we have the setup for four gates. Oh, you don't have to patch both sides? I uh, don't have to, no. It works like that. Wow. But if you wanted to patch both sides and make it even more powerful, then you could put the negative patches like the tan patches or the SP6 patch on both right and left liver three and then put the positive patches on both right and left large intestine four. And mm -hmm. so then instead of having a right-left paradigm where the right's positive and the left side is negative patches, you have a sky earth paradigm where you put the positive patches in sky which is above the belly button and the negative patches in earth which is below the belly button okay is that a problem for people with headaches or things that have liver yang rising to put uh, two tan uh, sorry two white patches above the diaphragm or not really not a problem no because large intestine four will actually pull that excess uh, yang chi rising or, or yang chi going up to the head, uh, creating headaches like migraines and so on. It will pull it down out of the head. Ah, okay, okay. Gotcha. So it's actually beneficial the way you said. Does it matter whether it's ice wave or energy patches? No. Uh, okay. the, if it's if you've got pain, the ice wave patches will work faster, but okay. uh, the energy enhancer patches will do the same thing. It'll just take longer. Like maybe okay. 10, 20 minutes. But you might have more energy. <laughs> well, you get energy from the ice wave patches too because the ice wave patches have the same set of frequencies the energy enhancer patches have. Okay. The energy enhancer patches were developed by David Schmidt first. We had those first before the ice wave. And then when he developed the ice wave patches, the idea was to add another set of frequencies that break through blockages quickly. 
mm-hmm. to the energy enhancer patches, and those became the ice wave patches. And so you can use the ice wave patches to double as energy enhancer, but you also get the added effect of breaking through blockages with them quickly. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Fast pain relief from the ice wave. Yeah, I like that. I like the four. So we have the modified four gates. We've usually got the simple one, which you talked about, uh, you know, removing stagnant liver chi, which is the ice wave on the left liver three, and um, the the tan on the left, and then the the right white one on gallbladder 41. And then we've got the uh, four gates protocol, the modified one, where you're just using one set of patches, so two patches, uh, either the... um, the white uh, on the right large intestine four and the tan on the left liver three or the SP6, of course, because that's a negative patch. Um, you said you could also use, instead of, you know, ice wave or energy enhancer, you could use a positively charged patch on the right, such as Eon or even glutathione. And that just uses one set of patches, so two, two separate patches. And then the regular four gates protocol, which is more powerful, um, and in this case, we're, we're using a, a sky earth paradigm. So both tan patches on liver three and both white patches on large intestine four. I think that's a, a really good one for travel. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, I, I shared that with David years ago, David Schmidt, who's traveling a lot when he's developing LifeWave in Europe way back when. And uh, he remarked that uh, Four Gates was a really useful protocol for um, getting rid of jet lag or preventing mm-hmm. any. Yeah, that's great. So you would do it while you're traveling and afterwards to prevent uh, jet lag symptoms? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, jet lag's a result of messing up one's biorhythms, and so there's a biorhythmic component to hangover as well. Uh, it, it's probably related to the DMT system in the pineal uh, so because light patterns can affect the pineal body and mm. uh, how much DMT secretion we're putting out. Uh, DMT is a, a hallucinogen and the body makes its own hallucinogen. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I want to add to, because we're pressed for time, that uh, when you're using yin-yang pair, like the the uh, the tan one on left liver three and the white ice wave on right large intestine four, I often put one of the YH patches like an eon or glutathione. And uh, in fact, I developed this protocol before we even had eon patches. So I'd say put the glutathione on gallbladder eight, which is right above the apex of the ear on the side of the head and gallbladder eight is a point that's indicated for uh, alcohol addiction in Chinese medicine as well. Hmm. Okay. I didn't realize that. And sometimes that works better in people and sometimes the uh, gallbladder 41 will work better. So you can experiment with the person you're working on and put um, the glutathione on gallbladder eight or gallbladder 41 and see which one they like best. Okay. And that, would you put that on top of the white patch of the ice wave or instead of in that Um, yin yang pairing protocol? 
Right. Uh, that's when you have the white isolate patch on right large intestine four, so you don't have it on gallbladder 41. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. But having said that, it's also possible to stack the glutathione on top of the white isolate patch on gallbladder 41 if you chose to put the um, white isolate patch on the right gallbladder 41. Okay. Sounds cool. Great. Dr. Dennis, wow, we have some three great uh, sets of protocols here for people. And uh, I think even if you didn't, over, if somebody didn't overindulge in alcohol, these are still excellent protocols to get that liver, uh, you know, that liver chi um, flowing. And I know for me, uh, when I do African drumming and yeah. I'm using like a lot of upper body, you know, stuff a lot, sometimes uh, I can feel like blood stagnation in my arms because I'm drumming so, you know, trying to drum so hard and fast, especially for performance. Um, and it like, I literally get swollen, you know, in my arms and my forearms. So I notice that my endurance is so much better when I use energy enhancer patches on liver three. Uh, I'll also use them on triple burner. Sometimes I'll use ice wave on triple burner. So sometimes I'll, because that's just a point that, that is accessible and won't fall off when I'm drumming. So I'll put like energy enhancer patches on like liver three, and then maybe ice wave on triple burner five because that's the channel that tends to get like poofy when I'm drumming. And then I'll put, you know, Eon uh, and possibly even SB6 on the center line uh, when I'm performing just to get that energy flowing, you know, in the entire body. Wow. You know, I'll, I'll never look at those drummers in the tiki room at Disneyland the same. I'll always think that the, those drummers should be wearing energy enhancer patches. <laughs> Yeah, really. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Dennis, again for another very, very fascinating topic. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, bye for now. Pleasure, Dr. Karen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Karen. Thank you, Dr. Dennis.